that I believe. We, we think that the war that's happening in the world is bad, but this war is, is based on in results whether we're going to heaven or hell. It's an eternal battle. And most of the world is deceived. And even we as Christians, a lot of times we are, we are, we are in light, but the truth is how much light do we really want to see? Satan is always up to his tricks. And, and Paul says he was not ignorant of the devil's devices. And that's what gave him so much light is that he availed himself. He availed himself to the truth, to the heart of God. And he was able to get illumination and revelation of the word of God. That's why he said, he said, the things that I write is not of me. I, I did not write this myself. He said, it was given to me by the spirit of God. It is by revelation. It is God breathed. Say that with me. God breathed. In the Greek text, there is no other time that God used that Greek word divinely given, imparted. God has imparted his heart, his mind. There's power in the word of God. It is active. It is living. When we apply faith to it. Oh, y'all need to come with me. Listen, 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 listen. The devil reads the Bible, but he won't be changed. How I know he reads the Bible? He was quoting the Bible with Jesus. And the way Jesus defeated him was, was by quoting the Bible back. Hallelujah. Uh, let, me, let me go on to our, to our text. 2 Corinthians 10. I guess I'm excited already. Amen. Though we walk and live in the flesh, we are not carried... We, we, we are not carrying on our warfare according to the flesh. Now, now this, is, this is, watch how he says it, because the way Paul says it is that he's in warfare all the time. He don't say, I carried on, or I will carry. He said, I am carrying on currently, ongoing. This is a fight. You know what that tells me and tells us? You can't let down your guards. There is no off time. The devil is trying to deceive us 24-7. That we have to stand on his truth and who he is through all that we go through. Y'all can sit down, I'm taking too long. <laughs> On our warfare, according to the flesh with mere human weapons, you are not smart enough, you are not strong enough, you cannot do this in yourself, your manipulation will not get you there because you are fighting demonic forces and here the devil got us fighting one another. 
Some of us are attitude city. That's warfare. That's warfare. And we don't even know it. Listen, he says, he says, he says, for the weapons of warfare are not physical. They, they are not weapons of flesh and blood. And can we wrestle not against flesh and blood and against principalities and powers? He says, but we are, they are mighty before God and by God for the overthrow, for the destruction of strongholds that are in our lives. Inasmuch we refute arguments, theories, and reasoning, and, watch it, and every proud and lawful thing that set itself up against the true knowledge of God. Let me read it another way. We, we must lead every thought and purpose away captive and bring it into obedience to Christ. What I'm saying is <laughs> that this, is, should, this should be our everyday battle. This should be going on in our thinking, in, 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 our, in the way we approach life, in the way we see life, every single day. If this is not happening, then we are already in trouble. Listen, not for the loss of our salvation, but we're in trouble that we're not becoming what God has created us to be. This cannot be casual Christianity. Come on Sunday, and I did what I was supposed to do. Every day. You ought to be gaining ground. Every day. We ought to be becoming more like Christ. Talking to a brother last night, and this is what he said. He said he went to a Bible study class, and in that Bible study class, he said that the teacher said, it's not Christ with you, it's Christ in you. And that was a revelation because he'd been living life like Christ with him. And most Christians live life as though it's Christ with you. So when you don't want him to go with you, you tell him to hold, hold up. My brothers and sisters, we are in battle. And we need to understand that it begins in our thinking because as we think, as we think, it eventually gets into your heart, into your belief system. It, I'm afraid when I see our young people rapping gangster rock and know the words pervadum. Because I know what is happening. I know that that process that works with the word works 
works against the word also. So whatever we are speaking out of our mouth constantly will eventually get a hold of you. Get a hold of me. Listen, faith works if you work it. But you got to work it. The word works if you work it. But you got to work it. Most of us, a lot of times, we're not diligent. We want everything to be easy. Let me, let me tell you, nothing's that easy. Nothing that is, that is worthwhile. You just didn't wake up one day, Terry, and could do all that. You just, A lot of people want to do what you do, but they're not willing to, take, to make the effort and the work to do what y'all do. There's time. There's discipline. There's effort. And if we are going to be all that and experience, watch this, him. Experience him. I, I've, been, I've been on this for a while. Taste and see. Because we say that without no inkling of really what that means. Taste, in, in the Greek, means to, to, to exercise, to lean into, that God will create opportunities that we have to trust him. We think it's opposition, and it's really opportunity. I want everything to go well, too. I, I, want, I wish it was that easy. But, but let me be honest with you. Everything, every difficulty that I've been through, I need it. And because it made me lean in, it has enhanced, it has taught me, it has shown me how good he is. Oh, somebody don't understand what I'm talking about. See, see, we got to get beyond the theory of the word and realize that Jesus is the word and he shows himself in the principles of his truth. Sometimes you just got to wait on him with tears running down your eyes in situations that you hate. In, in episode that you don't like, but if you wait on him and you trust him at his word and you quit complaining and start praising, something happens in the transition when God shows up, you know that is him. Is there anybody in the house, anybody who know what I'm talking about? God showed up right on top. He showed up and showed out. Sometimes what God tells us to do don't make sense. I don't know how many times people have came to me and said, in what I'm going through, I just want to die. And in my mind, I'm thinking, God's working. And I think, what you mean God's working? I just told you all that I'm going through. I said, you want God to work on your circumstance. 
But God is using your circumstance to work on you. He can't change your circumstance until he changed you. If he changes your circumstance without working on you, you will go through this and don't see him. And if you jump out too soon, something else just like it is coming again. God is trying to process us. We're the object of his attention. We are his crown, jewel, masterpiece. So he uses the devil, he uses people, he uses situation to mold us into shape that we have to begin to apply the faith that he has given us. Hebrews, 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 chapter, chapter was 11, verse 1 tells us that the, that the, that the, that the substance of our faith. Now, listen, it's not blind faith. We've been taught too long that our faith is blind faith. No, it's not. God will always give you a reason to trust him. God will always give you just enough. It might be Hebrews 11, Hebrews 12, verse 1. Whichever one, I don't forgot. Now I've learned. Go to verse 1, not 6. Watch this. He, he always give you evidence. What does he say? He said, it's the substance of our faith. What, what do you mean? He says, I have given you enough to trust me at my word. What I have already done should be enough to carry you through what you're going through. Somebody don't get this. God doesn't ask you to believe when he hasn't done anything. He'll give you a taste of himself. <laughs> and that taste of himself is the assurance of who he is. It, it, you, got, you, got, you got evidence because he has shown you enough of his character, of his goodness, of his faith. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Has anybody in here ever found God lacking? Now, your situation may have failed, but God hasn't failed. What you wanted may not happen the way you wanted it, but that's not what he promised. God is not in fulfilling our wants. He's in fulfilling his promise. And God will allow life situations to happen, but he will be faithful to his word, to his promises. You know what, let, let me, let me can, I, can I just step down into this? When he doesn't give you what you think you need, he will give you himself. And the reason why we miss it, we don't want him, we want that. And because he didn't give us that, 
we get bitter and we miss him. The best thing that could happen to you or I is him. The most fulfilling thing that could ever, that you could ever experience is him. God is transcendent, which means he is far and beyond whatever, whoever, however that life could ever give us. God can take away what you thought you couldn't live without. Then replace it with himself. And you will begin to say, Lord, I never knew you was this good. God many times have to take away our many gods in order for us to see the real God. Because we lean in on things that can't hold us. We lean in on people that can't fix us. We lean in on things so asking it to be what it was never meant to be. And then when they fail us, when they disappoint us, we turn around and blame God that he was insufficient in supplying what we thought we needed. God will never let nobody be your God but him. God will never let anything else fill you up but him. But if you let him be God in our lives, Lord in our lives. Oh, oh, how good he is. He don't have to change the situation. He'll change you in the situation. After a while, the situation don't even bother you no more. I know I ain't talking to everybody. I know I'm talking just to a few people because until you go through it, you don't know what I'm talking about. To you, I'm up here like a crazy man. That's right, I'm crazy in love with Jesus because I know. God doesn't keep his children from life's hurts and disappointments. But he gets in it with us. <laughs> he gets our attention. What time is it? Because I, I want to get to a certain spot. Zechariah 4, 6 says, So he said to me, this is the word of the Lord to Zerubbabel, 
not by might, not by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord. God says, I, I will put you in a position where you have ran out of answers. I will make you cripple and take away your crutches. Somebody said that don't make sense to me. The, 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 the example that I use, I don't think we have any little babies in the house today, do we? Nah, I don't hear any babies crying. But, but we got babies, we got grandbabies. You would be jealous over them if someone who had bad intent for them yes. picked them up. If God don't have our full attention, then Satan does. If we're not trusting in what God is saying, then we're listening to doctrines and teachings of the devil. It's either coming from God as our source, are we looking for something else who is Satan is our source? Hold on, hold on, hold on. There's only two powers. We, 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 we are between the kingdom of God and the kingdom of heaven. We are saved and transferred out of the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of Christ. So guess what? There is no in-between. And the cute stuff we think is cute. The attitudes that we think is so cute. And we know it's not the, the spirit of God. We know it's not the will of God. But we think it's cute. Went, not too, a couple of weeks ago, went to school. Miss Angela asked me to go to her school. Spoke to eighth graders. And, and they're in a school that is for those that can't go to public school. Behavior problems. And, 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 and you, you can tell. You can tell. And, and Deron with me, Deron Smith with me, and, and he got mad because they was just all over the place, and he got real serious with them. So then he said something. He said, he said how many of you are on the A honor roll? Only one young man stood up. See how many of y'all on the B on a row? Just a few stood up. How many A, B, and C? Just a few. They are making decisions in their life that they don't realize the outcome is, is devastating. They only was in the sixth and eighth grade. We make decisions that we don't know is devastating. And God is trying to teach us. Young man, matter of fact, it was the young man that was on the A honor roll. He came up to me after he said, he said, Red, I got a question. I said, yeah, man, what's up? He said, but wonder if you know you wrong, but it's working for you. 
Like I said, he's on the aorta roll. <laughs> he's a, very smart, very intelligent. He was serious about it. I said, man, I said, what you're doing is planting seeds that's going to bear fruit. Right now, you are deceived that you think it's working for you now. But later on, the fruit of the bad seeds you plant now is going to catch up with you. And you're going to wish you have never planted those seeds. He looked at me. I looked at him. I said, do you understand? He said, I got it. Got it. Here he is talking about life choices in the eighth. He might have been in eighth grade. No more than in eighth grade. And, and he's already playing with life. Hold on now. We walk in spiritual life. And like this young man, we playing with it. Because it's working for us right now. We think it's working for us right now. But, but hold on. I, I've, been at, I've, I've been in some rooms. I've been in some council where the fruit done came home. Oh, y'all just don't understand. I just done counsel some folks who now wish they could go back and replant what they planted a few years ago. Because now, even though God got grace on them, they still got to eat of the fruit they planted the seeds of. Speaking to ourselves is to help us to move from doubt to argue to refute what we're thinking. Bad thinking brings bad fruit. Bad thinking bad brings wrong behavior. And all of it is spiritual. And God said, you will eat what you speak. You know, sometimes I don't like the word. You know why I don't like the word? It cuts me to my quick. But what he says is that the word of God is a two-edged sword. It's living and powerful. And it cuts between, watch this, the soul and the spirit. It shows you when you are walking in the soul. And your soul is not the spirit that is in you. God is calling us, I love you. So I, I, I'm throwing... I'm throwing safety nets because I want the best for you, but you don't trust me. Watch him with, with, with Joshua. He says, Joshua in chapter 1, he said, he said my, my servant Moses is dead, and I'm getting ready to do with you with a whole new generation because their parents wouldn't believe. I prepared for them before the foundation of the world the blessings I had for them. 
but their mouth got in their ways. Instead of trusting me, they complained about me. So my servant Moses, even his anger stopped him from crossing over. So, so Moses saw it, but he didn't cross over because he didn't trust me enough. He took personal. That was none of his business. Woo, shut your mouth. So I showed it to him, but I grown up this new generation. And I want you to take them over. So I got instructions for you, Joshua. Keep my word in your mouth. Speak it to yourself. Speak it to your leaders. Speak it to your children. Speak it over the congregation. Speak it. Speak it. Speak it. Matter of fact, Isaiah 43 says this. God says, put me in remembrance of my word. Pray back my word in me. Not that I have forgotten, but when you pray it back to me, your faith is activated. Turn to your neighbor and activate your faith. Activate your faith. Activate your faith. But well, how do you activate the faith? You speak the word. Joshua, I got something I want you to do. He said, I want you to get the people, get the priests and the ark, and have them to blow the trumpet. And for seven days, I want you to walk around this impossible wall because you're not going to do it, but I'm going to do it. But shut your mouth. Oh, I didn't hear that. I don't want your unbelief to get in the way of what I'm trying to do. So I tell you what you do. Have the trumpet blowing and tell the people, don't say nothing. I wonder what changes would take place if we quit complaining for seven days, start praising for seven days, start speaking the word for seven days, all day. I, I wonder, I wonder what would jump on you. I, I wonder what would run you down. I wonder what would catch you. Listen, 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 listen. The 23rd Psalms, when it says that goodness and mercy follow you, wrong word. It says it's chasing you. It's pursuing you. Now, now my, my question is, since we want goodness and mercy, why does it have to chase us? That makes it sound like I'm running from it. Know what that's saying? Our talk, our attitude, our behavior makes us walk away from what is chasing. God, God's trying to get the best to us. God trying to do the best. God, 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 God wants the best for us. But, 
because we don't trust. The only thing you could offer up to God is your faith. Listen, well, I do this for him, I do this for him. Wait a minute, he gave you that. How can you give him what he gave you? I come to church on Sunday, that's a response to his goodness. That's not giving him anything. We got to get to the place where we are responding. God, God, God standing out in heaven just, just blessing us, just, just, just watching over us, and, and we just... It should be that God is doing this and we're doing this. Responding. Are you responding to the goodness of the Lord? Are you responding to the love of the Lord? Are you responding? Do you recognize you never would have made it if it had not been for the Lord on our side? Chase, pursue by the goodness of the Lord. The Lord been good to us, whether we recognize it or not. Seven days. I want you to meditate on what I said I was going to do. Seven days. I want you to look at the people that's looking at you over the walls. Seven days. I want you to hear them jeering and talking at you. Seven days. I want them to talk, I want I want you to hear them say how crazy they think you are. See, this this is what we don't understand. The people on the inside is more afraid than the people on the outside. They, they heard what their God could do. They, they, they heard what he did to the Egyptians. Rahab told, we terrified. You know what? Maybe the people don't like you is jealous of your favor. Maybe the folks is always wish they had what you have. I tell people, I say, you know, you know, Cain could have had the same blessings Abel. He he just didn't want to. Sometimes we over. You're the last person to really see God's hands on you. Sometimes, you know, our eyes can't see ourselves, but, but you don't see how anointed. You don't see God's radiance on you. So, so when people talk, you keep on walking. You know what he said? He said, keep on walking. Keep on marching. Then on the seventh day, what I want you to do is I want you to march seven times. Seven is the number of completion. Seven is he created, built the earth, and all that in seven days. 
Somebody said, but science said, well, let me tell you about science. They, they, they measure the radioactive in rocks, and they put it in a formula, and, and then they compute how old things is. There have been volcanoes that have erupted, and the molten volcano, what it did is set up and become rocks, and it's only like 40 years, 30 known years, and then they tested it, it comes up million years. Our problem is we put more faith in science than we put in God. Then we don't do the research to discover the truth. And we got Christians who believe in evolution, who believe that the earth is an old earth. No, they don't. They lie. And because we don't study, we don't know. What lie are we falling for in our everyday living? Because we're not consulting the word. What is it we got to keep saying over and over again until it, it casts out? Wrong thinking. Wrong belief. Wrong. How, how, how long? Do you have to keep on saying the word to yourself and speaking to yourself because you recognize God has set up some strongholds? The question may not be how long. The question is, are you willing to work it? Here they are, and I know they're tired. Seven days and on the seventh day, seven times. And they hear, ooh, ooh. That's the, that's the trumps of God blowing and the ark of God before them. Now, what God is saying, I am already have given it to you. Your faith got to catch up with what I have already done. So I'm getting it from your mind to your heart that when I tell you to shout, your faith is going to match what I have already said and done, and you're going to see the manifestation of it. Let me show you how powerful this is. I think in their mind, before they shouted, they already saw the walls falling. I think it had gotten so down in their hearts <laughs> because they worked the process. They did what God said. God does not tell us to do anything arbitrarily. Whatever he tells us to do something, there's a purpose and intent in it. He was working not on the walls. He was working on the Israelites' heart that by the time they got to the seventh day and walked around the seventh time, they knew they already had the victory 
the, by the time they shout, they wasn't shouting out of obedience. They were shouting out of faith because they knew that there, that God was going to do what he said he was going to do and that the victory was already there. God don't want you to shout just out of obedience. He wants to work it in us to the place that we are shouting before we see it. We know it before we see it. We're saying hallelujah before we see it because we know. We worked it to the place that our spirit is stronger than our mind, stronger than our intellect, stronger than our feelings, and we know. Is there anybody in the house know you got victory? Is there anybody in the house know that God is working it out? Is there anybody in the house know that the Lord is your strength? Then you ought to shout. Even Jesus said that he endured the cross because of the joy that was set before him. He saw the victory through his suffering. He saw that he was going to win, even though he had not came yet. He saw the devil defeated when the cup had poured out. He saw the devil and all his army getting in line, chained up behind him while he was still on the cross. He saw Sunday morning resurrection while it was still Friday, he reached beyond where he was, caught hold of where he was going, and said, I trust you. I trust you. Somebody need to say, I trust you. I know I'm not there yet, but I trust you. I know it hasn't happened yet, but I trust you. Somebody need to give God a shout right now. how real faith works. You've been changed before change ever happened. You've been strengthened before he takes you out. In fact, you're already walking in victory when it looks like you're defeated. People don't understand why you got joy. They don't understand why you keep going. They don't understand why, but you know why, because there's already one in your heart. God's speaking to somebody. 
God's speaking to somebody. If God is telling you to go and let them minister to you, to accept Jesus, to join the church, don't listen to the voice.